Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the king of rows. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast, NXT-flavoured edition. I am El Fakador, Laurie Blake, and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. And today we are going to be talking about Chris Jericho saying that it's embarrassing at this point for NXT to still be competing against AEW. We'll also be reviewing the rest of the show. Here is the episode. We're going to be reviewing NXT in just a bit, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk about uh, this interview that Chris Jericho did with Inside the Ropes and Alex McCarthy, um, where they they chatted a bit about AEW and stuff. And um, Jericho actually posed a question to Alex saying, uh, why is NXT on a Wednesday night? And Alex said that... Uh, that it was obviously to oppose dynamite. Jericho followed up saying, exactly, they came on Wednesday just to mess with us and they should take the head out of their ass and go make money. Don't worry about our company. We're not worried about you. We don't have a screen up that shows what's going on every moment on NXT like they do watching dynamite. Leave us alone. Go do your own thing. Go to Tuesdays. Grab an extra 250,000 viewers. Finally get your demo where it needs to be because it's pretty embarrassing on a Wednesday night to go up against us. The demo god thing is not a gimmick. It's real so go go to tuesday go to sunday go to any day you want but don't exist just to mess with us because we're beating you every week it's kind of embarrassing for nxt at this point he doesn't mince his words christopher jericho does he um and i think to be fair he's got a point in you know like if if nxt has been moved to tv to compete with AEW dynamite they have been failing ultimately, uh, to beat them week in and week out for a good few months now. They've obviously had they've had a few weeks over the course of their history where they have bested AEW. Uh, 
in terms of overall viewership, but never in the right demographics. Um, you know, they, they, and they have had to pull some pretty big strings to achieve that. I think, you know, they've had to have main roster talent appear on NXT to kind of get that bump. They've had to build it around, uh, takeover mat takeover quality matches on NXT TV. And I don't, you know, they should be doing that anyway, because that's what makes a good TV show. But it was interesting when NXT moved to Tuesdays last week and seeing that bump in viewership, because there are that, you know, NXT isn't a product that people don't want to watch. I think NXT is a product that people don't have time to watch when AEW is also on at the same time, when there is so much wrestling in a week already to kind of view, like, you know, just to keep up with WWE in a week, you have to watch seven hours of TV. That's a lot of TV to get through in a week. Like, you know, even if you're the sort of person who binges a load of, like you binged all the boys on a Saturday or whatever it was, like that's, it's still a lot of TV to watch every week, especially at fixed times. So, um, you know, moving to NXT to Tuesday just gives everyone breathing room. And we've said before on uh, WrestleTalk that, you know, it would make our lives a lot easier because we can't we can't do this live because AEW is live. Uh, and it just doesn't work out really in terms of like, even just the way that YouTube works, like peeling back the curtain. There's an algorithm there that like will stop it uh, suggesting videos to you if we put out too many in the space of 24 hours. So we have to stagger our videos to fit them all in, to make sure that people actually get notified, to make sure that people actually watch the videos, because otherwise, what's the point in making videos? Do you think, Adam? You're right. They, so <laughs> I'm just, I just, I just, I do actually just think it makes sense. And I, I do, you know, it, it is almost kind of stubbornness on the part of NXT to continue a war that they're losing in this sense. Like, you know, if it, if it is a war, um, I do think that, yeah, I know it's not, it's, 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 it's the equivalent of someone with their hand on your head, holding you back and you're swinging your arms and you can't hit him. And like, that's not to say that NXT is a bad product and not to say that AEW is any better a product. It's just to say that that is just where people's viewing habits go. AEW is the fresh new kid on the block offering you like some of the biggest names on the independent scene in wrestling doing their thing every week. And it's not under the WWE banner. WWE's main programming hasn't really generated it doesn't earn the loyalty that it gets, I don't think, necessarily Raws and Smackdowns, do they? Like People are still very loyal to watching WWE, but I think a lot of people feel let down on a weekly basis, so they won't really go, well, I'm going to watch the third level of that company's product. I, you know, I'm already watching Raw and Smackdown, and I think they're absolutely bobbing, so why would I then go and subject myself to some guys who are, you know, as far as we know, still in the developmental brand and therefore still learning the wrestling? Um, so, yes. Gargano and Champa. I know, are, I know. Are doing their best to pick <laughs> up. <laughs> I know, but it's still it's still the sort of semantic look of it, isn't it? I think I, it, it still I, sort I, of looks that way outside. And it's when you compare that to the fact that Dynamite is AEW's flagship show, it's just like, well, it doesn't really compare. Uh, mm. like it, yeah, it would be it would be a lot more convenient for us if they moved, and therefore they should. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like. I, my my initial reaction to it was I, I find the whole narrative tiresome anyway. Um, like N- WWE versus AEW, just wh- whichever side is speaking, is, I, don't, I don't care. But um, I will say I was originally going to say that I think I thought NXT should stay because competition I think breeds innovation. Uh, mm. I, I you know I, I'm yes NXT are losing, but you know WWE was losing. Uh, to uh, WCW once upon a time. They had to um, step their pussy up, as RuPaul would say. 
Um, and I've, I, my initial thought was just do that. But then again, they programmed really hard on Super Tuesday. So I, I don't know. I just want to see NXT. And this will dovetail into what we thought of this week's episode. I want to see NXT putting on significant programming. I feel like NXT might be more likely to put on significant programming when they're up against AEW and Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were up against AEW and Dynamite this week, and they didn't put on significant programming. This week's episode was fine, but it was very much an episode about, hey, guess what's going to be great? Next week's episode of mm-hmm. NXT. Uh, so it's just when like, AEW might be doing something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do find generally generally the conversation a bit kind of like, uh, but for us, and I think for generally wrestling fans, it's like it's not that big a war. It's not the Monday Night Wars. Oh, it's no. not worth inconveniencing the viewing habits of people who just want to see good wrestling. Because to be honest, the best two wrestling shows being released on a weekly basis are NXT and dynamite and it would be mm. super nice if we didn't have to choose or you know have to watch one of them on catch up um because yeah both of them uh you know both shows knock uh raw and smackdown to a cocked hat so essentially like yeah uh, it would be nice if we were able to cover the quality wrestling uh, in the most financially lucrative way for the company i.e us i.e on a you know, platform with super chat well this is the thing isn't it it's like you know um the, Mon- the Monday Night War made so much more sense when people didn't have catch-up readily available. When they didn't, you know, when people maybe didn't have uh, a VCR with a record function in order to record one channel while watching another or any of that stuff that, you know, that these are all mod cons that we live with now. It is now just a bit of a pain to be like, well, I'll sit down and miss the conversation that's happening live on Twitter about NXT because I want to watch AEW and talk about that instead. So, yeah, you're just asking people to choose for no real reason. And it is all it is is just a bit of a pain. And you're not you're not really winning anything because, yeah, like NXT probably is getting viewing figures. Maybe it's getting viewing figures online similar to to um, like it's Super Tuesday showing. You know, maybe that's the that is the quality. That's the quantity of people who might watch NXT on catch up stuff. But those aren't counted in the kind of overnights that are lauded on Twitter and by uh, wrestling pundits and by, you know, the companies themselves. These these aren't taken into account. Um, so you're just losing a sort of PR battle for no reason. Yeah. So you might... And I know that WWE is not the sort of company to back down. <laughs> you know, one thing WWE has never really done, back down from a fight. Uh, but maybe this is the time to just concede and just go, look, look we could just go to Tuesday and have a much bigger you know, have a much bigger audience. And then you build bigger stars to bring to Raw and SmackDown in the future. Like, look how, you know, Keith, I think Keith Lee is a very good example of someone who obviously, like, was at the forefront of NXT as it as it went live on TV and was in some of the bigger, um, the higher viewed episodes having these sort of marquee matches as well. So, like, he had that, there's this big benefit of that kind of audience growing around him through that. He's also obviously incredibly clippable and gifable uh, and that has been done to death on twitter as well but then he obviously the, then they they boosted all of that with survivor series and uh the royal rumble and all these other little appearances of keith lee so like they managed to build a star there and bring him up to the main roster and there was there was some bluster about him but you could do that with everyone if everyone has seen those people on nxt on a night that's convenient and they're not instead thinking oh kenny omega was brilliant last night 
wasn't Pentagon Junior great? Like, because AEW Dynamite, like you said, that's their flagship show. And it does just make those guys seem that little bit more important to the overall narrative of the company. Instead of NXT, everyone's watching it and just going, I hope they don't go to the main roster and get ruined. Hmm. Oh, my little, it always feels like a little side project NXT. There's that little sort of feeling of like, this is my little secret thing that I'm watching that everyone, everyone else is about Raw and SmackDown, but here I am watching NXT, seeing all the good wrestling. And I'm sort of on the inside track of uh, what's actually hot in the world of wrestling. So maybe a little bit of that magic would be lost if it did move to Tuesday, but I do think they'd get more viewers and probably in the right demographics. And like Chris Jericho said, it's not, you know, the demo God thing, it is a gimmick, obviously, but it's also a gimmick based on truth, as all the sort of best gimmicks are to some degree. Uh, they have that sort of wrinkle of actuality to them. And I think, yeah, being able to say, like, when I'm on the show, we do better in the demos. I mean, they do better in the demo anyway, but it, it just does feel like NXT probably should just bow out here like AEW's got Wednesday's wrapped up and both companies maybe I don't know I also think maybe AEW should just think about moving as well because they they change places yeah but you know but, you <laughs> know, but, but both, but both companies <laughs> but yeah but both companies are you know kind of cutting off their nose despite their face here there is there is a bigger viewership for both of them if they weren't competing over the same one and ultimately like what they're thinking about is a war between themselves of like backwards and forwards of who's going to have the most viewers of wrestling fans tonight. And it's like, what you should be thinking about is where you come in the rankings of TV shows overall, because there's plenty of other stuff on TV that's beating you. And you might sneak a few places up the overall watch list on TV. If you just had the full audience of wrestling fans who are going to watch you that night, like that's not an issue that raw necessarily has. And overall's viewership was pretty bad this week, but like, you know, previously Raw has been very consistently high in terms of like the overall programming on US TV. And I, I just think like NXT and AEW could be in that upper echelon if they weren't just fighting over this floating 250,000 people uh, <laughs> that there are. I just think it's I, mad. I don't, it's so, it's so silly. Like it, I, I, I don't, I, I don't care about ratings. Um, mm. You know, I'm sure the companies do. I'm sure this, yes, this, whoever wins this kind of floating voter, <laughs> 250,000 people. Um, you know, I'm sure that matters to someone. All that matters to me is the quality of NXT programming. Uh, and I just think, yeah, how you feel on this issue, just like how does NXT programming compare now, you know, th that now that it's gone up against uh, AEW? For me, when a when NXT first started on TV, I thought it was brilliant. Like mm. it was really exciting stuff. But it has got a little bit kind of not desperate. I, that's the wrong word. But it's like it's very transparent what they're trying to do. You know, with the Great American Bash popping up for no reason. Um, you know, with like doing these insanely kind of big grabs. You know, like we're doing a double championship match. You know, to try and program against Fighter Fest. And it's like it's. It does it make the content better? It, it sometimes it does, sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't because sometimes they have to rush storylines in order to get to, to you know build these huge things. You know, like having to. It, I I I only care in so much as I want to watch good TV. Um, NXT was always doing fine booking wise when it wasn't a when it didn't have to grab 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 ratings. Like the golden mm -hmm. era of NXT on TV is when it was buried on the internet somewhere. 
you know um like that is when it when, when it booked its best and maybe if it did just bow out and not worry about having to get you know to pop that rating every single time to you know like there's going to be a lot of people you know that subscribe to that Vince Russo being like there should always be something amazing happening there's always should always be something major um you know so I, I think both sides are right uh, it's just like for me I think if it just ends the conversation makes our job a bit, <laughs> takes a bit of the takes a bit of the pressure off NXT from constantly having to do kind of quite as nakedly transparent counter programming because you really do get a bit of a whiff of main roster on that. Uh, for me, like it, it, it's much of a muchness, and you can agree either way. But for me, yes, I think they should move to Tuesday. I just think, yeah, it's funny that the move to Tuesday would be interesting because even just from a sort of performance perspective, they could likely coast a little bit more on a Tuesday and be doing better in the ratings. Like, you know, they wouldn't have to be out there doing such intense stuff. I, I would obviously still love them to be performing at the level they're performing every week and doing these large scale things. But yeah, I think when NXT was hidden on the internet, like you said, it was one hour of perfectly plotted perfectly paced television and sure there were little filler matches here and there and there was just getting somebody over and there was a bunch of squash time for someone in a thought three-week build-up to starting their feud that's all fine um the benefit i saw in going to two hours on tv was that yeah you could get a longer pay-per-view level match on tv and they definitely did that for the first little bit and now they've kind of settled and it's been a weird year we can all admit it's been a very weird year so like don't I'm you know I'm not blaming NXT at all for having certain matches which are just fine perfectly good matches with not really much build going into them but yeah it does feel like a little bit this year has been coasting uh, and then these huge spikes of like we need to do something in like two weeks time and they didn't really plan for that so we're just zooming into that and then like even the even the way that takeovers have been built obviously takeover 30 I think was very well built um, but takeover in your house felt very rushed um, this next takeover feels pretty rushed, frankly. Like, you know, we, because we had the Great American Bash. Um, sorry, we, we had, so we had Super Tuesday and we've just literally come out of Super Tuesday and now we're just doing like, and now the next takeover is, it's in two weeks or three weeks or something like that. It, it is yeah, very, it's very soon. And, and like, so we're just going to have a bunch of multi-person matches to decide number one contenders. That's not a way to really make me massively invested in this feud that we're going to go into. Like, you know, Finn Balor's just going to go up against one dude who wins this match. Sure. Like that's definitely worked in the past. Like Kofi won a gauntlet match, didn't he? To, uh, or yeah, Kofi won a gauntlet match to get into the uh, match with Daniel Bryan, but they, they built that over time. Once he won the gauntlet match, there was a lot of story to be done. Um, so I just think it's, yeah, it's a shame that NXT this year has felt like it's just sort of a lot of, uh, sort of coasting and then these huge spikes of like activity where they've had to build something really quickly. And maybe that's just part of the part, part and parcel of a year in which you don't know what's coming next and what you'll be allowed to do week to week. So they're just having to go, ha do it as they go. But you did that on a Tuesday, all that stuff's getting more views and people probably be less, but like, you know, overall you, you maybe wouldn't have to be doing such big disruptive events like the Great American Bash or Super Tuesday, which, you know, obviously it was great that Super Tuesday kind of was happening because they needed to crown a new champion at short notice. That's fair enough. But Super Tuesday also has disrupted the build to the next takeover, really. 
when you think about it. So yeah, I guess like if you didn't have to do these bits of, uh, uh, yeah, again, I'm saying that, but Super Tuesday was on a Tuesday. But like, yeah, if you weren't, <laughs> if you weren't counter-programming uh, to well, AEW. Was, you know, they just did that because of, you know, they had to because of carrying across. But it, like, I, I think, I think we've spent a lot of time talking about this because mm -hmm. there is, huge amount of like stuff to talk about on this week's nxt and i think that's kind of the interesting thing really because this week's nxt is a good it's a good wrestling show oh yeah good wrestling show good matches happen shotzi match is good um the main event is good um uh, the tag match is really good mm. like that's the thing is like it's not a lot of storyline development but it's a lot of good wrestling and i just think like it's a lot less pressure when that doesn't go up against AEW's flagship show because like if you're if you're forced to choose right and you choose and you turn into nxt and you see an episode like this and then you hear about you know all this amazing street fight and blah 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 that's happening in, in AEW. you might just be just like oh well not much has happened this week's nxt i'll tune into AEW next week and mm -hmm. maybe you won't come back whereas if you tune into nxt you know this if you tuned in to watch this episode of nxt on a tuesday be just like that was a good solid hour of wrestling that i'll be back next week i don't feel like i've wasted my time or missed out on something else and I think that's the thing is like you know i think the the key to it is that ultimately everyone's everyone who watches wrestling is a wrestling fan and whether that's you know you're loyal to AEW or WWE, I think people were just a bit tribal about it. And there's no point you just cheat yourself by not watching the other one, frankly. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I just think it's that it's a situation in which people do just feel like they're missing out. And like you said, that they will transfer across to the other one if they feel like one isn't living up to their expectations because this is this is a war for I've made the right choices on my viewing habits on a Wednesday night. And that's ultimately, it's the same as, you know, people fighting over whether they're going to buy the new PlayStation or the new Xbox. People just want to make the right choices about things where you can't really go back and make a different choice. So yeah, it would just be, it would be fine if it was a Tuesday and you were just like, that's great wrestling. I've enjoyed my two hours. See you next Tuesday. Uh, and then, yeah, <laughs> and then AEW can happen on a Thursday still. NXT right, well, is on. pretty much all basically i think yeah I'll, I'll give you my final thought on it which is nxt is pretty much always good it's pretty much always good like i haven't really sat down and watched an episode of nxt and you've gone that wasted my time mm. and sometimes quality wise nxt beats AEW. sometimes it does sometimes um it's just that i think where, where chris jericho is right in one key respect is that nxt is never unless they try and do it artificially NXT is never going to feel like more a more important watch than AEW. AEW Dynamite is the only show that AEW puts out weekly. It's the only time where you get to see all of the AEW stars. NXT will never feel as important as that. And when they try to make NXT feel as required viewing as that, it I, it occasionally comes back to buy them or makes it feel like oh this is just a bit desperate or oh that's a bit like stop counter programming or blah blah blah. You know, like it, NXT's great, and I feel like yeah, let's just put let's just put it on a separate day so both shows can just be great. We can stop using the words Wednesday Night War. I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah, well, NXT's in that funny position where they're the much you know they're part of the much bigger company, and yet somehow still the underdog in this scenario. So they've got that weird. There's a really weird dynamic where it feels like they're both punching down and then trying to attack the bigger guy to get a bit of. Uh, like PR or rep at the same time. It's a really strange dynamic. And I just don't, I don't think either of those two, uh, 
ways of thinking about it really makes NXT look good in this. Like AEW just seems like they were just trying, like they've always seemed, I know they've attacked WWE a little bit in sort of metaphorical circumstances. Cody definitely smashed a throne at one point with a sledgehammer. But um, like, yeah, like AEW just seems like something that has started and is trying to make a name for itself. And NXT feels has that cynical air behind it of WWE doing a bit of corporate maneuvering and maybe just moving it to Tuesday night absolves you of that uh, issue. It's not a defeat. It's just giving the really good wrestlers who perform on NXT the viewership that they probably deserve because they are busting their asses every week doing amazing matches. And yeah, whether or not there is the storyline always to back it up is another thing, but they probably have a little bit more room to tell the storylines without having to constantly be like, here's Charlotte Flair for four weeks. Here's Becky Lynch. Here's someone else. Like, we're just going to add stuff in now to make you watch. Um, I just think, yeah, I think NXT would have a much better time on a Tuesday. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready get 30, ready get 20 20, 20 ready get 20 20, ready get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? And you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies can only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist as a tag team before they combust? Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Bard is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. We've got a little announcement before we get on with the rest of the review, don't we, Adam? Oh, yes. Would you like to do it? Yes, all right. Uh, so in terms of uh, in terms of counter-programming, who are we're, we counter, counter- we're counter-programming ourselves, I think, because ourselves. how are we going to appear on everything that we've got to do now? Laurie, do you like board games? I do like board games. I also like board games. Laurie, would you like to do a, a YouTube channel about getting people into board gaming? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I've got <laughs> time, I think. We Do don't. We, no, don't, we don't know. Right. No, we don't. Uh, we don't have the time to make this new channel, but uh, it is a it's it's essentially the reason I'm back on YouTube uh, is like that's the kind of like the main that was the, the first conversation I really had uh, when talking to WrestleTalk about com- becoming part of the team is this new project, which is Phenomenards. It's our brand new YouTube channel all about board games. I didn't load a graphic before I entered this chat. Give me two seconds and I'll get a graphic. It's a board games YouTube channel. Imagine what that looks like for a second because you're going to see a graphic soon that might explain it better. Look, isn't that nice graphic? Uh, So yeah, Phenomenerds is a brand new board game channel launching in October. Um, We're going to have all sorts of stuff. Uh, Basically, it's not a channel for board gamers, although people who are fans of board games will get a lot out of it. It's actually a gateway channel to get you into board gaming because board games are a bit like wrestling. There's a lot of content out there and it's a little bewildering to know where to start when you first arrive. So we're putting together a whole, like a whole channel built around explaining the different types of board games out there. Um, giving you like ideas on how to start your collection, like top 10 lists on what are the best examples of every single board game out there. Doing deep dives into classic board games, like does Monopoly uh, hold up? Um, which, you know, it means we're going to be playing Monopoly for the first time in like 20 oh, years. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> you have to, Laurie. You have to. I'll enjoy it because it's for work. And <laughs> um, uh, we're doing like fascinating like bits of about board games like how monopoly boards were used to help prisoners of war escape prisoner camps in world war ii this is an actual thing that happened so yeah we're super excited um about making this channel um me luke laurie and other faces will be appearing on it over the coming months it launches first official week of october so october 5th is when it starts um we're gonna put a link to the channel in the description please do follow it and subscribe because uh i, I genuinely can't wait like this the last few weeks of making putting all this content together i've i've had a spring in my step that i i can't quite compare to a pep in your pep and you don't know why no that's the thing it's like yeah um nxt is great um wrestling is is fine mostly a bit, <laughs> sort of 
but board games are brilliant no matter the year. Uh, so yeah, this is this is this is like the thing I'm I'm I want to be most kind of proud of um, of being a part of this this channel. So if you if you like me, then do me a favor at least, <laughs> uh, and subscribe because uh, we're going to try and make it the best bloody uh, board gaming channel on YouTube and get everyone into board gaming, which is the best hobby in the world. Get on board. Hey, that's the tagline. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Right, enough of that nerd shit. Let's talk about NXT. Uh, right, okay. So this week's NXT kicked off with Shotzi Blackheart versus Io Shirai. This all spilled out of uh, the Robert Stone fiasco of last week. The great oh, Robert Stone fiasco. Bobby oh, Stone losing mm. another member of the brand through no <sighs> fault of his own. Why the what happened to Chelsea? <laughs> She's gone. She, she just she just quit. Have you got anything else lined up, Chelsea? No, I just don't like working with you. Never quit your job until you got another one lined right, up, exactly. Chelsea. Um, so yeah, this uh, this was. I thought this match was bloody brilliant. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Wade Barrett, who is now an official uh, full time member of the NXT commentary team. Just signed a new deal with WWE. He'll be alongside Beth Phoenix and Vic yeah. Joseph for now. Um, He's great. At the, oh, started the match saying that Shotzi is too far along the weirdo scale for me. Uh, I've avoided talking to her backstage. I've introduced myself to everyone else at NXT, but she's too far along the weirdos scale, which I thought was just great. He's such a dad. It's just like, mm. oh, bloody hell. What? what greener, that? greener. Greener. Not in my Greg's. No, sir. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's like I, I've, I, you know, I, I've spoken about like I've, I've watched some Shotzi matches uh, in the past. Like I think there was one she had with Indy Hartwell that was mm -hmm. like prop, proper clumsy and stuff. Um, the story of this match, obviously, like the, the commentators just kept talking about it, was look how surprisingly well Shotzi Blackheart's doing. And yeah, she like that did not feel like a contrived story. She mm -hmm. properly held her end up here. Um, like so, you know, not it wasn't like as crisp a match as we've seen some people have against Io Shirai, but like, damn, uh, it was it was really really good, really mm. really, really pleased for her. Yeah, Shotzi really felt like she was taking Io to the limit here, and they they told that story really well. Like I think we all kind of assumed that Shotzi wouldn't be walking out with a victory over Io Shirai here unless something drastically. Uh, sort of unexpected happened but i do think shotzi like eo gave shotzi enough offense in here to really put over shotzi as a competitor and shotzi just took some brutal moves to build to the finish where you were just like yeah of course she's of course she's done she just took a german suplex onto the apron <laughs> so yeah like which was i think it was the most remarkable uh spot in here because there was there's a bunch of stuff where they thought they they dodged a, a few moves and there was a really brilliant bit where she, uh, eo misses a tiger faint kick and uh Shotzi nails her as she comes back into the ring and then hits her own reverse cannonball. And then she hits this sort of like hooks both the arms and hits her, goes to hit a German, uh, gets her really close to and then transitions straight out of that into cattle mutilation. Cattle mutilation. Yeah. I, was it was so, really I wrote good. that in all caps. <laughs> like Daniel Bryan must be so happy somewhere. And it's, do you know what? It's a brilliant move. It like, it, it looked really, it, made it feel really close because the, the commentary really put over the idea. It's like, how does, how do you get out of this? How do you get out? You're face down with your arms tied behind your back, essentially. 
what do you do to to reverse this move? And EO uh, managed to sort of roll roll her way out of it eventually. Um, and then she just got a uh, shot. So you sort of knocked her down and she was getting up to do the sent on and EO pops up and hits the big Shote. Um, the superplex was kind of blocked and they ended up dropping onto the apron and having a bit of a fight there. And that's when this big German suplex happened on the apron. And then just to add insult to injury, EO picks up Shotzi, chucks her back in the ring, hits the double knees at, oh, I'm going to say 200% pace, and <laughs> then just hits the moonsault. Um, and there was a little bit... With her feet right on her bloody ribs as well. Oh, yeah, she just shinned her, shinned her in the ribs, which <laughs> that's a new one for me. But th there was definitely this moment where like Shotzi rolls out from taking the knees, and she rolls into sort of position for the moonsault. And I was like, she's rolled too far. And EO looked at her and was like, you've rolled too far. And then Shotzi <laughs> on the floor was like, I've rolled too far. And EO it's like, I'm doing it anyway. And then these <laughs> knees hit. And then it's you all over. You make your bed. You make your bed. Oh, man. I loved it. I thought this match was so good. Um, like 20 minutes as well. Like yeah. I, the episode we got. Do you know what? And I think it, it's, a, it's a really good choice because I think Shotzi has been such a character uh, on NXT for the last few months, especially in sort of uh, the weird bit of 2020. Like she's really sort of. You know, she is a one-woman audience as well, which is brilliant. Like, and she managed. I think she brings atmosphere to TV that doesn't necessarily like is a little bit dead uh, oh, without oh, a crowd. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, but she, I think, and welcome she has the ball pit. The ball pit, which I I don't understand. Welcome to the ball pit. <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> I like it though. It's a play area. It's yeah. It's a soft play area. I'm hidden in the ball pit. Mm. It's a, welcome to the kids party. <laughs> welcome to the aqua splash. Yeah. Also, it's also a ball pit. It's not where you want to be in the middle of a pandemic, is it? Like they are <laughs> unsanitary environments. Um, but yeah, I think she she stepped up her game here. Like you know, we've said before that yeah, some of her matches haven't have been a little clunky, and she's got that air sometimes of I'm waiting for the next spot. But I do think this was pretty fluid from from Shotzi, and I, I think obviously working with someone of the caliber of Io Shirai really really helped her. But yeah, I, if you're going to elevate someone, this is the way to do it because mm. like obviously NXT as we've discovered, seems to have a bit of a vacuum of uh, the sort of a revolving door of uh, women in the women's division as as the main roster just reaches through and goes, oh, is that your new Mercedes Martinez? Can I have a go? Bye. She's Stop gone. It. Stop <laughs> taking them. But, yeah. uh, it's amazing how NXT just continues to have such an amazing, like, it, the because NXT, this is NXT stock and trade. Yeah, it's not always a match that has amazing storyline implications it's just a bloody long match uh where both competitors end up looking stronger no matter who wins and who loses and it's 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 what nxt's always been good at mm -hmm. um and yes i please don't take shotzi as well just let us please let's have a division for a bit yeah i mean shotzi's the, i mean shotzi is the exact sort of project you want for nxt like uh... When Shotzi first debuted in NXT, I was like, that's a future NXT Women's Champion. But I, I think she's got a long road to get there. And I think that long road is going to make the moment where she wins the belt so much so much more special. Because yeah. she's good. You have to bailey her. She was she was such a fan favorite when she came came in that first time as well. Like, and I do just think she she immediately built a following for herself. And I, I could really see a slow burn with her building her up to an NXT championship shot. And I think it's it's quite smart to be fair that this wasn't just a title opportunity this was just a shot of the champ for props rather than even for like the championship so 
I hope they play the long game with Shotzi, and I do hope to see her holding the NXT Women's Championship one day and not just in a black hoodie on Raw as a member of Retribution in, in two months' time or whatever it is. Um, yeah, strap it to a tank. Just strap the title oh, to a tank. I want to see her fire the title out of the tank. <laughs> Shotzi's entrance should be that she comes down on the tank and parks it, and then she gets in the ring, and then the tank fires the belt around her waist. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle gym. <laughs> um, so we then saw, we then got a little package about Tommaso Champa beating up Jake Atlas, and this led into a match against uh, Desmond Troy, which Champa basically won. One of my notes just says he looks like Eric Young now in his entrance uh, with the mask and the sort of uh, the hood braids. up. And, he's got braids yeah. in his beard now. He's, do, he's that's like, how he's you that's how you know someone's really lost it. Mm, yeah, it's a Seamus syndrome. Yeah, he's just like oh no. Now they're off the deep end. If you think this looks good, you must be mad. <laughs> or a Viking, I guess, is the other thing. Well, the Viking Raiders do that a lot. Um, this this was just uh, it just smashed him to pieces, really. Like Troy went for a wrestling lockup at the beginning, and then they tried to. They were told to break. Champa didn't let the break happen cleanly because he just uh, snuck a knee in, hit a sleeper, uh, ran out of the corner off an Irish whip, and nailed him with two fists and stomped him in the corner. Then did the sort of uh, the flip thing, the the catapult into the bottom of the turnbuckle that he did to Jake Atlas slingshot, under the ring. I think it's cool. Yeah, the slingshot, and then uh, hit a Willow's Bell, and that was it. And then he goes to get a chair after the match, and you imagine this is going to be another Champa level beatdown. But who should come out on the mic? It's Jake Atlas, completely fine after two weeks. Who says, uh, <laughs> um, "I could run down and attack you from behind, but I'm not going to do that because I'm not a coward. I want a match next week, and then we're going to." Are going to get some comeuppance. I was just like, you know, I was just like, this will be fine. It's going to be yeah. Jake Atlas. You're going to, it's going to be fine, mate. Don't, Don't worry, worry about it, Jake. Yeah, great, great idea, Jake. You, you did so well in the first match. I mean, you did actually do quite well in that first match. But I wouldn't be asking to go back in the tank with a shark, would you? Like, no. <laughs> what no. a burk. Someone who keeps climbing into tanks with sharks was Drake Maverick, who was up next, and Good he segue, was being Good segue, he was mate. being he was being asked about. Uh, Killian Dane, who he's meant to be tagging with this evening against Undisputed Era. He says they're going to work it as a team. He's completely convinced about it, although they haven't spoken. He doesn't have Killian Dane's number, and Killian Dane has hit him in the face multiple times in the past few weeks. It'll be fine, Drake Maverick, ever the optimist says. <laughs> Do you have his phone number? <laughs> a, blissful, a blissful idiot Drake Maverick says, it'll be fine, I'm sure. I can win his friendship by letting him beat me up. Yeah, it's cute. I like this. I like this friendship. It's cute. Yeah, I think it, I think it it's going to turn out really well. I, I, I Drake Maverick was lost in that uh, keeps running into Legado del Fantasma bit for a while. At least this is this is a good out for his uh, his stupidity. I guess is that he he does actually eventually break down the defenses of the class bully because yeah, it's a sort of, it's a sort of like if this was happening in front of fans, they'd be eating this up. Like, it's just a sort of like, you know, it's the hug it out kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, like kind of like love each other. Come on. We know you work together and are friends probably in real life, but oh, there's the frick, love each. It's the sort of thing mm. the fans really, really like. And yeah, even even without the fans, I it's cute. I'm happy, happy that they're, they've got they've got a, a road ahead for two underused uh, great, great guys. 
And, uh, yeah, and for a division that I think needs a little boost as well, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane could make a brilliant tag team in the tag division here. Uh, but more on that in a bit, because that came up later in the show. We then got Finn Balor doing a little promo package saying that Adam, you're undisputed, but there's only one prince. Uh, back when I was champion four years ago, I had to build the brand, carry the brand, be the brand. And he's like, I'm the brand. Uh, you're the brand. I, What's a brand? He's the brand. <laughs> Russell Brand. What? Uh, <laughs> And Finn was just Finn said here that he doesn't really need to rep the brand anymore. He built the brand. You know, he spent time before fighting to be the champion, and now it's time for other people to fight to face the prince. But you better look both ways before you cross the prince. Mm, I imagine next week we're going to get like a little advert with a couple of hedgehogs not looking both ways before they cross the prince, and he's going to run them over. <laughs> we yeah, need probably. A, we, need a, we, need, we, need, we need a Finn cross code is what we need. Oh, uh, very good. Oh, very good. That it? Was that in your notes, was it? No, no, I just made that up just then, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, I'll, actually I'll actually share my notes with you if you want, if you want to double check my workings. Um, <laughs> just copy, delete, cut, yeah. there, share the notes. Perfect, perfect. I haven't been working on that all morning. Just a huge uh, blackboard covered. With... <laughs> I've done a beautiful minded the whole thing. My window, <laughs> my windows are covered in fin puns. <laughs> Done that. Like it. Though. Austin Theory came out next, uh, and he appeared in the ring um, all day. And he said uh, he's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. He showed that in his losing effort against Bronson Reed. Um, but he. He basically just offers out an open challenge. Says if anyone wants to come in here and face me, and you can say that you you were in the room with Austin Theory, and Kushida walks down, no music, and just nails him in the head with an enziguri. Is the first thing that happens. All business. That Bam. was uh, this. This Kushida is my favorite Kushida. This is this is so good. Like I absolutely adore uh, what they're doing with Kushida right now. Because yeah, he just. Um, Theory gets like a tiny bit of uh, momentum back and misses a standing moonsault. And by the time that he's landed from the moonsault, Kushida has already kicked him in the head. <laughs> I just think like it's, he is incredibly quick, Kushida, and, and showed it off perfectly here. Like all of his flashy stuff still feels like it works for this sort of brutal version of his character. Um, and they sort of brawl to the outside and the sort of the finish came as uh, Theory forearm the post they end up back in the ring uh, as Kushida sort of like dropped it onto the floor as well. He stomps him in the face as they roll back into the ring and then he just locks in this brutal hoverboard lock uh, and then won't let go after the referee rings the bell. Everyone's a heel. New uh, Kushida is the best Kushida. Yeah, very good. Um, put Austin Theory with Cameron Grimes. Do it. It's just they 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 they're brothers and I love it. Like one like one's a city mouse and one's a country mouse, but they're both the same obnoxious soul. Um, put them together immediately. Yeah, it, it, all business Kushida is is great. It's a lovely kind of new direction for his character. Uh, Kushida versus Damian Priest uh, sounds great to me, or or mm. even Kushida versus Finn Balor. To be honest, yeah. uh, they both sound fine. Um, yeah, it, it really impressive stuff. Like she, she's brilliant, and it's you know we we're edging towards um, no f's given strong style Kushida, and like that, mm. that's a good place to be. Yeah, I think he's um, like that subtle little turn against Velveteen Dream, and that now really leathering people is just completely the right direction for him. He was he was so not lost. I like I did like. Uh, you know, the Marty McFly, Kushida has fun with his entrance, is smiling all the time. Like, he, he, he's a great little package. But, uh, 
this just feels so much more interesting because he's clearly can ma- he can just match people on every level he's got such a versatile arsenal mm-hmm. of moves of like being a high flyer and a submissions expert and also just having that speed that other people can't match i, I really do feel that kishida could be something really special if they keep on this track with him and i'm hoping it's not just going to be like chuck kishida straight into a title match against finn Balor or damian priest and have him lose because I think something, some real magic could come out of this uh, this turn to the more violent side. And yeah, I don't want to see it cut off too soon. Um, Emphasising how dangerous Kushida is, is money. Because like you can put him against anyone and he will have a fighting chance because he's one of the smartest wrestlers alive. Like he can break you down. He could destroy like even the biggest heavyweights because he's such a little savage when it comes to limb work when it comes to kind of mat strategy and being able to just pop in a submission from out of nowhere he's amazing and the more you emphasize that aspect of his character the better the bigger a draw he'll be love it uh we then got candace the ray cutting a little selfie promo about breaking their freaking tv (laughs) i enjoyed obnoxious johnny just being really like (laughs) <laughs> just being a massive pain here and saying, I'm going to buy a new TV right now and send Teague in the bill. And then um, it's going to be the biggest plasma TV that you've got. It's 120 inches. It's going to be like looking into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Candice is get, saying that she's going to win the women's battle royal. And Johnny says, like, won't it be nice when we both have gold around our waist? I really like this version of the Gargano, like, family. I really like the kind of, uh, you know, the sort of, Stepford couple of wrestling style thing where they both got the matching, you know, the, the his and hers blue and pink track suits for the, 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 the wrestling's family. Um, and yeah, kind of the pettiness of it just being like, you know, it's clearly this blood feud between her and Tegan happening and there, there's all the title stuff. And really it's about like, you broke my TV. I just think, I don't know. There's something in this that I really do enjoy. I um, hope they both win next week. I hope they both win and we get, that kind of power couple story like going into uh, and basically they're just the next few weeks of NXT just about them as a power couple they don't have to win a takeover mm. um, um, but I want like Gargano Bala uh, Gargano Bala 2 and Candice um, EO 2 would be great that, those those are two little anchors for, uh, for a mm. takeover right there yeah, and you've got the you've got the added benefit there that yeah they do spill out of other stories that have already been told. There's enough history to build on there that I think long time watchers of NXT will just accept that these matches are happening and that they're important without having to necessarily artificially generate a feud feel in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we then got the Fashion Police, not Breezango awesome. as they were announced. The Fashion Police Love versus that. Imperium. Um, I loved this match. So yeah. so good. The pacing, it was, it, this was a match of two halves, right? This was, this was a very slow build to a hot tag. And as soon as the hot tag happened, all hell broke loose. This was just move after move after move after like double teams, like four man combinations, close falls. Like this was so, so smart. I, I, and I really liked, you know, I even really liked Imperium's working over a Fandango through, like they worked him over for the first five minutes of the match through a break and for quite a while after we came back from the break and it really did feel like that hot tank that Breeze got 
to come in was just like so earned at that point. Um, and he re- like, you know, and it, it did really put over the idea that he's going to be the freshest man in the fight. I never understand why they immediately always tag back in the partner who's just taken an absolute beating. That <laughs> never quite makes sense to me. But here, I don't mind too much because it, it was just absolutely awesome once uh, Breeze got involved in the match. There was this whole bit where... Um, Eichner was in a single leg crab and Bartel swung for him. Uh, I think it was uh, Fandango and he sort of got like, he ducked and then got tumbled out of the ring. And then uh, they, there was a big dive to the outside and Eichner managed to get up and get into a Death Valley driver. And then he got up onto the turnbuckle and there was a super kick and a cheeky Nando's. And uh, Eichner did the one arm power bomb, but was fight like four off. And then there was, and then Breeze was basically shoved off the top rope at this point. Just into Eichner, who caught him in a suplex like it was nothing. Oh, bloody hell! Eichner was great in this match. Like they, yeah. they both were. That's the thing is, like Imperium is such a. I mean, Breezango are kind of approaching kind of young bucks levels of of tag team flair. You know, they're not quite obviously at that level, but you know, with their kind of their dueling super kicks and their kind of really lovely offense and just being able to kind of be everywhere at once and that all this mm. choreography just paying off. And Imperium, we know. Are some uh, you know some of the fluest, uh, flu- most fluid tag workers going? Like yeah, all of their kind of, especially towards the end when you just got like missed leg drop, penalty kick from Martel into oh. a kind of gut wrench German suplex, and like, um, and just the finish was so well timed. Like these these guys have got great great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, not only the tag teams have great chemistry with each other, but these tag teams have great chemistry against each other as well. So yeah, it's just, just like. I, I for for a group that I don't think anyone really kind of thought like oh well they're just here to kind of help the younger stars get over you don't expect Brizango to be a like a division centerpiece but if they keep putting out matches like this they really could be as you kind of build up the division around them uh I they like last like last week no not last week the week before they put on the you know one of the best matches of the night and that a brilliant a six-man tag, no DQ match. Mm-hmm. And then they had match of the night here as well. It's just so great to see Brizango working at this level. Uh, it makes me so, so happy. And like, yeah, not a lot of storyline happening and not a great idea of what the future of the tag division. Uh, you know, and yeah, you probably could argue that it, it wasn't as good a match as the street fight in AEW, but it's great wrestling. And mm-hmm. just like, I, I, we sometimes we watch it on 1.5 speed. I just slowed it down for this one because I was like, I just want to watch this match properly. Uh, really, 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 really good. I especially love the finish. If you want to take us through the nuts and bolts of that, of course, yeah. So they were there was a this big blind tag uh, on Imperium side, and they hit a spine buster and a running penalty kick just as that like all kicked off, and then they went out for the European bomb uh, with Breeze uh, on Eichner's shoulders. But Fandango jumps into the ring at this point and he drop kicks Eichner into the back, basically pushing him and Breeze towards the turnbuckle. So Breeze, as he gets over there, just shoves Bartel off the top uh, off the top rope and then rolls through with Eichner into a pin and basically steals the match from there with this really close. So I even think that, like, you know, they didn't hit their finish at any point. It still felt close. Like Imperium still looked amazing and like that, you know, you can still continue this feud probably into takeover and have the sort of the the final run back of this this series with Imperium and like put a kind of pin in it and say like this is the point now where you know Ooh, for- do a two out of three falls match. Mm. Oh, that would be nice. 
Because I think right, it's like people. in period, we've got that option now to just come in next week or or the week after and say like, look, you guys, yeah, sure, you pinned us, but you didn't, you know, we weren't you down for the count. You didn't actually beat us properly, did you? you? You snuck a pin in and that's fine. Anyone can sneak someone down for three seconds, but knocking them out is what you need to do. Um, yeah, and I just, I, I, there's, there's levels here that I think they can play with. And I would, you know, from watching this match, I would love to see them do another match because um, I do really feel like, Brizango are coming into their own as the the champs now. Like you know, they, they do finally feel like well, like they've they've really stepped up their game to be the champions. And I, I wasn't necessarily with them before on that journey, just because I think some of the flip flopping between comedy and series doesn't always work. But I actually think here it was kind of perfectly done. They felt like a proper team. Like you said, they feel like a kind of young bucks light in that sense of. Um, the way in which they they kind of construct their offense here, and this was this was one of those matches where it's kind of almost impossible to keep up because every time someone pops down, as they pop back up, someone else has kicked them in the head, and then someone else hits that. Like it was it was levels of choreography here that were just uh, immense, really really awesome stuff, and it was all perfectly behind the referee's back or like just to put Overhouse sort of sneaky but technical Imperium are because it was always Bartel running in with this penalty kick or whatever it was just as the referee was looking the wrong way and you were, un- you know, it was all unexpected. Great, great stuff. Um, this next this next tag match that happened, I thought was also pretty fun. Uh, this was uh, the team of Jesse Kamea and Zaya Lee, who have clearly just been thrown together, versus Team Ninja, i.e. I- Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. They've got uh, gear. They've yeah. got gear. They've got. They've had gear for a little while because oh, they've they? like. Oh, it's so the first they, time I probably noticed it. So they've been. A, they have been a tag team on house shows uh, for a long time. Actually, uh, they they were doing the, the circuit together for quite a long time, and yeah, they've obviously been used in uh, to to further other people's storylines, shall we say, for a while now, uh, in various forms, both uh, separately and together. Um, so it was nice to see them sort of come out here and get a win like you know that it was it was nice to see them do something with Caden and uh Casey because like they are one of the only true tag teams in NXT's women's division like especially with uh the Robert Stone brand having folded in the way it has so Aaliyah's sort of you know that the tenuous tag team of Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez is no more anyway um <laughs> but yeah like and it, and it and you can tell immediately from seeing them wrestle together as well that they clearly have shared the ring loads of times doing this stuff because they had some really cool little tag team trickery up their sleeves. There was a brilliant, um, right at the beginning off the tag, uh, Casey slides to the outside and trips, uh, I'm thinking it's Zia Lee, it might have been Jesse at this time, trips her as Caden runs to the other ropes, comes back in with a drop kick and then Casey is already in position to hit the rolling sent on over the top rope. Really cool stuff. There was a tag and they did like a sort of... Um, they did double kicks to the back of the knees and dropped them to the floor. Both hit with the forearm and then they kick. It was like everything was kind of fluid and working really well together. And I do think, yeah, they were they were right in saying that like Casey Catanzaro is one of the more interesting pure athletes in the NXT women's division because she's so just gymnastic, I guess is the only word for it. But like she's she is so brilliant at just sort of throwing herself around the place and doing like both offensively and in taking bumps. She's. They should have done more with her, I think, when they first got her. And I'm hoping that this leads somewhere with uh, Casey and Caden, maybe building to a, I don't know, like a 
maybe we'll get a t- women's tag title defense here on NXT. Like Shayna Baszler. Shayna. I know, I know, oh but Shayna Baszler. Like, I'd love to see Shayna Baszler come back to NXT for a week, even if it is just to destroy, to dismantle the case. <laughs> Uh, no, I thought it, I thought it was fun. I thought um, the announcers after the match kind of really put over the the pinning combination, which finished the match. Which uh, I thought of all the double team moves they did was the worst one. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it was just like, did you see that? I've never seen that pinning combination. It's just like, well, there's a crucifix pin com- combined with like a is a victory roll, but it's like mm. whatever a roll up sort of thing. And it was like it's fine, but it's like as a finishing move, like Caden Caden Carter basically just grabs their opponent and like she gets kicked, so that the opponent lands on Caden. Yeah, and then she's kind of then you know, so she got basically she got she Samoan dropped herself, and <laughs> then uh, Casey Catanzaro did a roll up over the top of it, which I just like eh, that to me is a bit too cute but a lot of the other tag team offense was uh was good it's just yeah i didn't didn't quite rate that and i only mentioned it because the announced team fawned over that that pinning combination so much and it's just like nah it looks a bit crap but i'm really happy for these guys as a team i uh think about casey uh like sort of the same way you think about shotzi just like future women's champ right there mm-hmm. with that perfect underdog story like just yeah being able to kind of like gut, gut it out and uh and pick up wins um by smarts and yeah really unique athleticism so yeah it's really cool to see him uh pick up a win little post-match angle also happened in which uh they they offered a handshake and zaya lee batted it away walking out of the ring and leaving jesse Camille as well um probably because they're not friends and they're not a tag team, but no, you no. know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> See you later, Jesse. Thanks for your one week of service. Um, fine. Uh, I wonder what they'll do with Zia Lee next. Um, they, they like her, but they just don't, they're not, they don't, they sort of refuse to build anything with her. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Cause she's had a couple of losses now um, and mm. she was on a, on a hell of a winning streak in NXT. Maybe this is the start of everybody's heel. So why not, why not Zia Lee too? Um, so we then saw uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane backstage had a very short chat. Dane said, I'm not your tag team partner. I'm not coming out to help you for the match. He was speaking the truth. Um, <laughs> we then got Tegan uh, in her gaming setup, talking to the computer, saying that Candice wouldn't, uh, Candace she knew wouldn't watch her friend be put through a table. She says she's going to win the Battle Royal next week. And then she addresses EO and says, this time everything will be different. Um, perfectly fine. A little bit of promo work. Uh Good chair, mate. Nice chair. Yeah, it's a there. it's a wicked chair. Yeah, I I I hope Tegan doesn't win the battle royal because I don't. I'm not super excited to see Tegan versus EO again, um, and I think there are much more interesting options. But I I like the you know this kind of first collision of Candice and Tegan uh, as characters comes in this battle royal. I think that's going to be really interesting and be I a really mean, nice little dynamic running like undercurrent that runs through the match. I hope they're the final two. Mm-hmm. And I hope that is kind of like what pushes, yeah, where we see some real villainy from from Candice. Uh, yeah. would be nice. Come on, Candice. Come through. Uh, we then got Undisputed Era, uh, Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish versus Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, except it was just against Drake Maverick because Dane does not come out during the entrance and Maverick just comes out and is like, yeah, he's going to come out. And then his little puppy dog face drops when he realizes that perfect the match drake you don't have to wrestle it's like christ man why do you 
why do you like being beaten up so much? It's fine. It's babyface. It's like, you know, well, I, you know, I've been booked for the match and it would disappoint Mr. Regal if I didn't wrestle, I suppose. It's mm-hmm. just like, come on, dude. Why do you like punishment? <laughs> like Drake is Drake is like a kid who keeps wanting to stick his hand in the toaster and you have to just be like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Someone <laughs> This time it might be fine. He needs a minder is what he needs, Drake <laughs> Maverick. Um, <laughs> he just... I don't, it's irresponsible of NXT at this point to let him keep doing this stuff. Quite frankly, he gets destroyed by the Undisputed Era, as you would imagine. It's, it is the exact booking that you think it's going to be when you think about this match. Uh, I thought there was a really cool bit where he, uh, Drake sort of fires up for a second and he goes for a running bulldog on Bobby Fish coming out the corner and Fish just sort of scoops him as he goes and then just passes him off to Roderick Strong who turns it into a backbreaker, Roderick Strong is amazing at putting backbreakers in where you don't expect backbreakers to be. That's true. Utterly unbelievable. They cut. They would cut to Dane watching the match in I Gorilla. Love he was watching. What and, a dick. And, and <laughs> enjoying. He's so great. And mm. the fact that he didn't come out because, like, you know, he felt any obligation to whatsoever. He came out because his boss was giving him hassle about it. It's yeah. Really so, so William Regal comes out and he says, "Like, are you just gonna, you're just gonna let him." Be beaten up there, your tag partner. You're just gonna let this happen. He's like, Oh, you want me to go out there? And Regal's like, and he's like, Fine. And he goes out and he goes out. And at the point that he comes out, they've chucked Maverick out of the ring and he's sort of sprawled on the ramp lying there. And Dane walks out and it feels like, Whoa, the moment of victory. Something is, you know, maybe he's gonna help Maverick now that he's been told off by his boss. And instead, he just picks Maverick up puts him back in the ring and says, if you're going to take a beating, take it like a man, and then just begins to walk away. Yeah, I helped. <laughs> and, then, and then the Undisputed Era, obviously, can't keep their big mouth shut, and they start calling Dane names and tend to come down. So he gets in the ring, he chucks Roddy around, uh, and then Fish hits him with a chair before it can really escalate, which obviously means that they've won the match. Maverick saves him from a, a proper chair shot by grabbing the chair and dragging it out of the ring. Uh, and then Drake pulls down the ropes as Dane chucks Roddy out. So they've worked as a team for the first time. Look at them all synchronized and stuff. And Maverick's getting fired up being like, yeah, we won. We did it. We're a team. We won on the technicality. And he gets really so fired up that he shoves Dane. <laughs> obviously. The inevitable happens, <laughs> and Killian Dane punches him in the head. Um, this is this is great stuff. I love it. Like, yeah, it's it's like the goofier end of wrestling, but it's it's the right kind of goofy. Drake Maverick and Killian Dane are the perfect odd couple. They're both completely committed to it. I loved Killian Dane watching it on the screen in Gorilla and having a little laugh to himself. I liked William Regal having to get involved and be like the dad in this scenario um undisputed era did their jobs perfectly as well i I just you know of course the undisputed era would call killian dane back into the ring by being too gobby like everything wrong as well yeah Yeah, you fat dork (laughs) (laughs) you guys are jerks no one had to change no one in any way had to shift their character alignment for this story to work which is the mark of a, of a well to, a told story like mm-hmm. sometimes nxt can be a little contrived i think we felt that a little bit with tegan and candace like you're just like this doesn't quite feel like your characters it feels like you're just kind of being you've been positioned and having your alignment mm-hmm. shifted slightly no one's alignment shifted here everyone acted like the characters they've always been acting as uh, and it's created a unique uh endearing partnership 
It's great. Mm. It's it's really good booking. Slow and steady, and you're gonna get uh, an endearing tag team out of it. And you, know, and you know what? Like remarkable as well, because look at look at when the last odd couple pairing tag team that NXT did was the Broserweights, and they just went, "That's happening." You know, that just happened. They just mm. they just chucked them together, and within a month, they were the tag team champions. And then they did sort of like, yeah, they played up the odd couple stuff a little bit. I didn't love it as the Broserweights, but. Um, I think here, Killian Dane and, and Maverick are putting in the work to get this idea of them as a tag team over and making me want to see them work together. Like they could have, you know, they could have just chucked them together. They could have started it last week or, you know, this week it could have been a thaw. And there's not even been a remote bit of movement from Killian Dane towards being in a tag team with Drake Maverick. So Maverick is going to have really earned his respect by the time they do become this tag team, which I'm hoping is the thing that happens. But, um, lovely stuff i love this like this was like the most i think front to back just the perfect bit of booking the probably the best bit of booking that nxt's done on the show this week it's just it's just a really well told little story and it's just really novel and fun it's um sweet. it's like it's what maverick is it, it's drake maverick is so good at drawing sympathy like he's so good at like but, you know, I completely understand why Dane would want a team with Maverick. He's very small um, and it looks like he can't hold his end in a fight. But Drake Maverick just has that never say die, completely earnest. Like he's a pure baby face. Mm. Really difficult to not like him, as I'm sure Killian Dane will discover. You know, that's like he's just he he won't quit, even though he should because he keeps getting hurt. But he won't. And it's just it's a yeah, it's really. It's the, exactly the right people with exactly the right stuff mm-hmm. that we've already seen from them. Um, you know, it, 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 this this feeds brilliantly off the you know Drake Maverick versus Legado del Fantasma stuff. He won't yeah. quit, uh, and he will earn Killian Dane's respect. Um, someone so, should call his mum and dad and ask them ask him to stop. But yeah, 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 it's yeah. Funny, yeah. Someone know. someone does need to set him on the right path. It's like you're not you're not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> tactically you're not good at this um right we then saw uh jake atlas backstage he was saying that um you know he's come back because champa's lit a fire underneath him and then champa attacks him from behind and beats him up outside the interesting wrinkle to this because i'm not really bothered about seeing jake atlas versus tomasa champa again is that who should get involved in this little wrinkle uh it was kyle o'reilly got Oof. between the two. Oh. And oh, had a go, yeah. had a go at Tommaso Ciampa. Yes, please. Kyle O'Reilly versus Tommaso Ciampa at TakeOver? Can, dare we? Dare Can we dream. We? Oh, that would be good. Holy moly. I, li- I like this. I think, I'm I'm not sure if I misheard, but I'm pretty sure like at the end, Carl was like, just turned to Jake after sort of skip, like staring off Champa because Champa was like, fine, I'll see you next week, Jake. And I'll see you as well. Did his little wave and then wandered off. And then Carl sort of turned to Jake and was like, are you okay? And Jake was like, yeah. And he's like, well, get up then. What's up? <laughs> like, just <laughs> wandered off. Um, I really want to see singles Kyle O'Reilly now. I am I am all for it. Um, and do you know what? I don't quite get howie's face like we were just talking about how like no one's had to kind of change their alignment to make um the the previous match work uh, kylie riley i don't quite like they've done a little bit of legwork with him being frustrated with the undisputed era of, like heel tactics but i don't quite get where it's come from considering that he was one of the most obnoxious members of mm. the, the ue i would like to hear a little bit from him and hopefully that's something that we build up to 
it's just a um i mean but he just has like we've just seen him work the thing is like it, it doesn't matter to us so much because kyle o'reilly is a super worker and we want to see him have long drawn out high profile matches with other super workers and mm -hmm. yeah i just singles run kyle o'reilly yes 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 sign me up for seconds so here's a way I think that they might be telling the story of singles run Kyle O'Reilly um, because there's the there's a there's a match that's been announced for next week which sounds quite novel and interesting and it is a new match for WWE not, NXT not novel novel it's it's Aztec Warfare but yeah. uh, a mini version but yeah. Aztec Warfare is also was also Lucha Underground's greatest match stipulation so I'm um, I'm I'm up for it let's do it. So Big Willie Riggs says that uh, five deserving members of the NXT roster are going to be entered into this match. And then we see a bunch of uh, faces flash up on the screen. We get Kyle O'Reilly, Bronson Reed, Velveteen Dream, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, Cameron Grimes, Santos Escobar, and Kushida. He says the rules of the match will be two men start. Every four minutes, another competitor will enter. The only way to be eliminated is pinfall or submission. Last man standing gets the challenge. Finn Balor for the NXT Championship at the next TakeOver. What I think is interesting here is that obviously it's five people entering the match and they've shown eight pictures. Um, so likely, I, I wonder whether they're going to do... And like Velveteen Dream has technically been written off with injury from has Kashida's it? assault. They did. They, he was on the injury list from la, coming out of last week's show, I believe. Uh -huh. So I don't, I don't think he'll be in the match necessarily. Um, and then I wonder whether or not the Undisputed Era are going to come to blows over which one of those three lads is the most deserving to be in that match. Um, that would be kind of an interesting little... I, I mean, this could also just be, this is me just fantasy booking because likely what will happen is next week they'll just be like, here's the five guys. Um, hmm. Oh, there was another guy. I was, uh, what's his face? Ridge Holland was in yeah, the yeah. video as well. So yeah, I wonder if they'll do, if there'll be any sort of back and forth over who's going to be in it or they're just going to announce it in the coming week of like, these are the five entrants who are deserving. We just, you know, we've decided that now. But um, I like the sound of the match. It sounds, yeah, obviously it's a stream down Aztec Warfare. I like the fact that they're sort of picking, they're going the opposite way as well from like, they, they said like four previous champions have just fought for the opportunity to be the NXT champion and they failed, you know, three of them have failed. So here are a bunch of people who've never really had the opportunity. Uh, so that's also a, a reason I would say that Velveteen Dream probably shouldn't be in the mix here as well. But like, here's a bunch of people who haven't really had that opportunity and are deserving who are going to face off for, the, for that uh, chance. Yeah. I really like the idea of this match. I think NXT will do a bang-up job of of doing this. Um, and it feels like a good marquee match for them to have. Like It feels like something to sort of hang, a, hang an episode around. Uh, we've obviously also got the Women's Battle Royal, um, which has quite a lot of people in it. Um, mm -hmm. And I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. It's uh, Zia Lee, Rhea Ripley, Casey Catanzaro, Indy Hartwell, Candice, Tegan, Shotzi. Yeah. Uh, I, it's everyone, <laughs> everyone yeah. apart from Chelsea Green and Mercedes Martinez because they quit Robert Stone and NXT. Oh yeah, Lee, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think both both those matches will be good. They've both got uh, room for lots of storytelling, lots of little mini booking things. Um, I I don't know if yeah, Gar is Gargano Gargano is going to be is he going to be in the match? It, it seems weird if he's not, but then again, like maybe they won't put Gargano in the match. Cause it was like, they showed Gargano and Champa and Cole 
like during like one um kind of montage and mm. then they showed all basically the north american title scene in another yes, montage yeah. so it's just like hey, where are you getting these five guys from and obviously they showed way more than five guys so it's weird to think like where you know who, who who's actually competing I think it's going to be that next level down from, I think that the kind of telling was, yeah, that they, they've said it's, these guys have just had the opportunity. So now it's five more deserving people um, and they'll pick from the field of uh, the sort of next, the next level down of uh, NXT stars. I think we'll see, because we are talking about, this is TakeOver. Like this mm. is, this, these are the number one contenders for TakeOver. And it's just like, I don't know if necessarily you build TakeOver on the North American title scene being promoted to nxt champion i don't know it could like kashida you know uh kashida versus finn balor is uh that's a takeover match um but i i i'd assume they'd throw in like one or like maybe i mean obviously champ is not in it because he's fighting off jake atlas but i i would have thought they'd put gargano well he did champa did say i'll see you next week to kyle o'reilly so mm-hmm. maybe kyle o'reilly's meant to be in the match and champa just Bullies his way in. Ooh. Oh, look at you. Fantasy booking. I'm on a roll. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, no, I just, I, yeah, I wonder, I wonder whether that will be, yeah, I, I do think, as much as I'd love to see any of these guys take on Finn Balor, I don't think it's something you'd advertise a takeover around necessarily, not even Kashida versus Finn Balor, because Kashida hasn't been on NXT TV enough recently to be like, here's the main event of our takeover. Um, so yeah, I, I do wonder if they'll do something more dream matchy in that sense for this first one of Finn's uh, title defenses. Think Champa. I don't. Uh, it's hard, isn't it? Because I if if it was Champa, I you want the feud with Champa, don't you? Like Champa's yeah. like somewhere you want to like a proper like two months feud of horrible psychological torment. Hmm. Um, whereas you've got what two weeks? You got uh, no. After that, you've got one takeover. Yeah. No, you got one NXT to build to take over after the match next week. So, uh, yeah, if it were me, I'd give it to Gargano. Uh, yeah, I know. I do. I do think Gargano is probably the smartest choice here, just because. Yeah, you've got an Insta feud built. Basically, you do. You just have to do a video package that goes. Do you remember all this stuff between the two of them from a while ago? And then people would be like, "Oh yeah, you know, remember Finn Balor was. Finn, it was Johnny that Finn kicked in the head when he turned heel. Like, you know." There's there's plenty there to to build it off of, and that's a really smart way. But people I would love to see in the in from the images they showed is Kushida, Kyle O'Reilly, and Santos Escobar. I would love to see either of those three go up against Finn Balor for the title. That'd be so so good. Um, let's talk about the, the main event quickly. Uh, we had Damian Priest versus Timothy Thatcher for the North American Championship. Brilliant match. Yes. Absolutely, really well done by both of them. Um, God, Priest's good. He gets better every week. He's mm-hmm. really, really good. And Thatcher's a really good foil for him as well. Yeah, I, I love the, the you know, we, we, we were sort of uh, fantasizing last week and saying, like, wouldn't it, when Thatcher was watching those tapes back of Priest stuff, is Thatcher going to have an answer for everything Priest could do? And it felt here that, yeah, Thatcher was just sort of on this ruthless path of every single opportunity I get, I'm going to go for a Fujiwara armbar. And it doesn't matter what else you're doing because you slip for a second and I'm just going to be like, boom, you're on the mat. I'm going for your arm. And it, it really like they quite subtly sort of uh, sold in this idea that Priest sort of clocked his forearm on Thatcher's head at one point and he had to get out of the ring and shake it off for a bit. And that just became the target for Thatcher's 
like oppressive offense of I'm just going to wear you down until the point that I lock this in fully. And Priest did such a brilliant job of uh, fighting him off. The most impressive thing I thought, and the commentators did put this over as well, was Priest uh, getting out of a Fujiwara armbar that was in the center of the ring just by putting his foot on the rope from the center of the ring. Yeah, he's a long boy. He just went, whoop, boom. <laughs> uh, you know. can't pin Mr. Tickle. Jesus Christ. What one image. I really, really, really like the fact that last week, Timothy Thatcher said, look at that springboard cannonball. Look how dumb that is. And then Priest tried to hit it and Thatcher just moved out mm. of the way and then immediately went to kind of lock it in. It's great. That's, yeah, that's NXT booking. Like that. That's really, really good. It yeah, makes watching uh, all, the, all the mid-match, all the between-match segments worth it because they pay off. Yeah, and, it, and it, yeah, it was, it was a perfect first event for Damian Priest. It made him look a million bucks thatcher doesn't lose anything i don't think in losing this match i think thatcher got across the idea that he is as uh wade barrett put it a human torture device which i just think that that's what they should call him from now on i think it's brilliant um yeah he's so good and i, I do love the clash of styles here actually worked brilliantly and they, they just made a really really good match uh Essentially, Priest manages to hit a reckoning in the center of the ring and picks up the victory and gets the big sort of celebration with the full graphics and everything to close out the show. Lovely stuff. I wonder whether uh, he will be champion come the end of Takeover, though. If he's had such a like a, he's gone straight into like quite a big def- like a big defense first thing to sort of put that over. I feel like if they do that in the sort of one week after he's just won the belt. Uh, a big event like you you kind of then it might be that he's only for having a short time with the title or they're just trying to get like a couple under it like maybe he'll win a takeover and then lose it at the next one because they're just trying to get a few defenses under his belt um before they take it off him who knows they 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 do loads of title defenses on nxt tv now that's just Mm. that's just part and parcel of them being on usa and up against aw like the amount of uh, title defenses has skyrocketed, which you know they didn't need to do it on uh, when NXT was unopposed mm. elsewhere. So I, I don't know if necessarily that is kind of like a booking strategy because they're going to take it off him soon. I just think that is just how NXT programs now. It's, uh, it's more more bombast uh, mm-hmm. than than the NXT of old. Yeah, uh, overall, like a like a fun, really like wrestling heavy, brilliant wrestling heavy episode of NXT. They didn't, you know. It feels a little bit um, like it is building to next week as ever uh, in the sense that like next week is the really big match. Next week is the the women's battle roll and it's the gauntlet match as well next week. The gauntlet eliminator or whatever it's called. Um, that's all going to be really, really exciting. And then, you know, after that, we've got a week and then there's a takeover. So I really want them to call it Aztec War Games. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, I'm really looking forward to next week. Um, I like watching NXT, man. Um, mm-hmm. I... I it, it depresses me slightly to hear people like Chris Jericho say it's embarrassing for NXT because they put on really quality content. Um, but yeah, maybe, uh, you know, this, if you watch this on a Tuesday night, just like a night of good wrestling, you'd be like, no complaint. Exactly. Uh, it's not, not the most bombastic episode we've ever seen. It's, it was difficult to come up with a topic to talk about. You know, that's why we talked about Chris Jericho so much. It's, but it's still, it's good. It's really, really functional, good wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and a pleasure to watch it every week. 
Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I'm very excited for next week. I think next week we'll do uh, wonders for NXT. I'm, I, but yeah, I am, I'm kind of with Chris Jericho and I want them to move to Tuesday. So do that, NXT. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. What's your favourite board game, Laurie? What's my favourite board game? I'm more no, of a card game guy, really, I think. Like yeah, ultimate, same. Ultimate. Well, then Smash Up is my favorite. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Board game. Yeah, I I really love the board, like those little kind of mm, uh, I, cards that you put stuff on. So I love that. I really love Key Forge as well, uh, which is a collectible card game. But you collect the decks instead of collecting the cards separately. So you don't build decks; you just buy decks. Mm. Um, and that's a really fascinating little game because yeah, sometimes everything you can just get grotesque decks. Obviously, uh, that that just destroy other things because you can't counter bills so you just have to sort of go like this is the best one that i've played with so far but it just involves playing with lots of different styles of things and i really enjoy that about smash up too in the sense that like yeah there are really op strategies of i could pick those things but it's funnier to pick two things that sound weird together and you have to make work mm. um and obviously that leads to some circumstances where you are really frustrated at the game sitting there going, I can't do anything. These two things literally don't work together. But if you get like a tiny bit of synergy and you begin to work it out, uh, it does, it's just a very satisfying game because it makes you feel clever when you're not. Asymmetric games, it, like that's the kind of the official term for it, which is where you have like variable player powers and it's finding out, yeah, there's different, the kind of the weird alchemy you get when you put two two kind of new move sets together mm. and like you say yeah working out sort of the cheat just like oh actually kind of the you know this kind of if you employ this strategy against these people um for that reason i think oh, it's what like, cosmic encounter is my favorite game um mm -hmm. because like it's basically a really good kind of like it's like a little bit like risk you're kind of fighting each other there's a lot of kind of war and alliances and stuff like that but uh, every single alien race that you can play as, and you get 50 alien races, every single one breaks the rules of the game in one huge way. And so when you put a bunch, like four or five of those alien races together, then suddenly you've got this kind of like puzzle, which you then have to solve. Like, mm. how can I be the one single race that comes out ahead when I've got to compete with you breaking the rules this way, you breaking them down there, and so if you like Smash Up, Cosmic is like it's oh it, it, it's well i mean for a game it's it was made in 1970 in this in the 1970s and it's still around which goes to show just how bloody enduring that game is uh, and also i think you'd really like unmatched as well mm -hmm. uh, really because basically that is similar to smash up in that like every character has a deck of cards and every deck of cards 
is weighted in a specific way with like you know some people are really fast and but you know not so good at attacking some people are slow but brutes but everyone has like this really cool little superpower that they can do and again it's just like putting two decks against each other and trying to did you know use deduction almost to mm. kind of figure out what is the winning strategy here what's the game how can i turn your strengths into my strengths and turn you know my strengths into your weaknesses really really good i do love a bit of uh, deduction i also like social deduction games but i've realized that uh, i'm not well trusted uh, amongst, for, for a man for a man named el fakador the most trustworthy person <laughs> at wrestle talk i am not well trusted when it comes to social deduction games people just think i'm lying all the time uh which is quite yeah. annoying it's quite annoying when you play werewolf and things like that and you're trying to like you know and you're obviously arguing that you are what you say you are and you know exactly who the werewolves are yeah. and yet you're not believed uh we played okay we played we literally played a game of um the thing board game that's really good that game and there was a point there was a point where i had worked out that the host of the game the guy who owned the game was the thing and i had a flamethrower and i had to make the very difficult decision of whether or not because he had owned the game for two years at this point and never once played it because he'd never had the sort of situation where there were enough people sat around to play it we were 20 minutes into the game i had deduced that he was the thing the flamethrower takes the thing out of the game you can just use it one shot them they can't play anymore and I went, he's waited two years to play this game. <laughs> I can't, even though I know for a fact that he is the thing, I cannot just flamethrower him and remove him from his own game he's waited two years to play. So I left him in. And then I got shot trying to get into the helicopter because yeah. the other guy refused to believe, even though I had basically by that point so much proof and evidence that this other guy was the thing because every mission he'd been on had failed. And I'd literally moved it, like chosen everyone in like different formations to be like, this just, if this is just my process of elimination, this just means he's the thing. Mm. And I still was shocked getting onto the helicopter. I was like, yeah. bro, okay, good. I similarly have a resting guilty face. And annoyingly, because I own a lot of board games and because I play a lot of board games, I can't, I can't argue my way out of it because everyone's just like, well, of course you do. You own the game. Like, you know exactly the, you know, all the kind of strategies to kind of, you're so untrustworthy. I was like, I, I'm, I'm trying to help everybody. Yeah. Please, I want to win. But I've just, yeah, there's something about my, either my voice or my face, which makes me the kind of the least trustworthy in board games. I always get like, a, like hanged first in Werewolf. And to, to the point where it's almost like a running joke with my friends now. They, they kill me off because I'm always the traitor. It's so annoying. Well, this is what happened when we did the office-wide game of diplomacy, and everyone was just like, "No one, no, no one trusted don't, me." Don't get me started, Laurie. Like, and literally, all I, literally all I did was tell people exactly what I was doing. That's all <laughs> I did. That's all I. Everyone was like, "You can't trust him. He's 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 lying." He's and I was like, "I'm going there." I, I was messaging Rich, being like, "I'm going to leave your stuff alone uh, if you don't move on my stuff, but I'm going to go into this exact country and that." Every single time I did that, <laughs> you know who's a little sneak, little little Pete, little chopper oh, Pete, yeah. quietly <laughs> mustering power in the north. Yeah, no wonder he, no wonder he turned on Luke. Can't oh, be yeah. trusted. Right. Um, well, oh it. god, we could talk about board games forever, and 
well maybe we will over the we course shall of the years so so uh, yeah if uh, you weren't listening earlier when we discussed it but head on over to phenomena so uh, there'll be a link in the description on the on your podcast feed as well um and subscribe to the channel because we're going to start putting content out in the first week of october the whole idea is uh, it will be i guess it's scalable in the sense like it's mostly going to be about getting you into board games because there's obviously a lot of channels out there that talk about board games on a very technical level there's a lot of information to know i think before you can get into them at that kind of level that's why i've seen a lot of people just pick up kaplunk when they go into drafts uh the most annoying game to have at a, a cafe that also offers D, &D but oh whatever um <laughs> yeah so like this this is a good way to uh like the tagline says get you on board because the, I, hopefully the idea will be that it will offer you uh insight into the most popular sort of forms of gaming what they're about what are the the sort of biggest games in those fields and what are the games that people who play board games really respect so therefore those are the ones that you should play to seem cool amongst your board game friends which sounds like an oxymoron but it can exist uh, so yeah uh, also if you like podcasts which i'm assuming you do because you listen to this one we've got loads more coming your way because we've got the magazine show uh, the AEW one will be out we've got smackdown on uh, saturday and then we're going to kick back in next week with Raw. But we're also building up to Clash of Champions and there'll be extra content out around that as well. So thank you very much for listening. See you later. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 